Tonight I will be reading from the book of Romans, chapter 7, verses 4 to 25 for our reflection for this evening. Romans chapter 7, verses 4 to 25. And do please follow me as I read the scriptures. So my dear brothers and sisters, this is the point. You died to the power of the law when you died with Christ. And now you are united with the one who was raised from the dead. As a result, we can produce a harvest of good deeds for God. When we are controlled by our old nature, sinful desires were at work within us. And the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. But now we have been released from the law, for we have died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would have never known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said, you must not covet. But sin used this command to arouse all kinds of covetous desires within me. If there were no law, sin would not have all that power. And at one point, I lived without understanding the law. But when I learned the command not to covet, for instance, the power of sin came to life. And I died, so I discovered that the law's command, which were supposed to bring life, brought spiritual death instead. Sin took advantage of those commands and deceived me. It used the commands to kill me, but still the law itself is holy, and its commands are holy and right and good. But how can that be? Did the law which is good cause my death? Of course not. Sin used what was good to bring about my condemnation to death. So we can see how terrible sin really is. It uses God's command for its own evil purposes. So, so the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I do not do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know what I am doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with what the law says. So I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. And I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sin sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. But if I do what I don't want to do, and I am not really the one doing this wrong, it is sin living in me that does it. I have discovered this principle of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war in myself. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person that I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? But thanks be to God, the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. And so you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law, but because of my sinful nature, I am a slave to sin. This is the word of the Lord. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, give us ears to hear 
and eyes to see and open our hearts, Heavenly Father, to your revelation and to your goodness and kindness. And that as we come to you tonight, Father, may the Holy Spirit work and allow ourselves just to be who we are before you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good evening, church. Uh, for those who don't know me, I am, uh, I am Pastor Nasser Abdon. I am, I am your missions pastor. So many people have always mistaken me as Ken Shigematsu, but I am not Ken. I am, as what I've said before, I'm more handsome than Ken. <laughs> but good evening anyway. Tonight is a time of, of reflection. But at the same time also, I would like us this time to be a time of introspection. A time just for us to dig deep into ourselves and try to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal what is inside of us. And so during this time of introspection, I do believe that there would be so many things that you might not even like. I mean that the more that you dig deep within yourselves, the more that you realize and the more that you see that there are so many things that are just contrary to what you expect of yourself, of what you expect from God even for your life. These are actually things that we do not even reveal to other people because we, we do know that there, these are things that we really don't like. There's a beautiful book written by my uh, favorite Jesuit author by the name of uh, John Powell. And the title of the book is this, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I Am? The title of the book is, Why Am I Afraid to Tell You Who I, who I Am? I think the answer to that statement is very, very simple. I am afraid to tell you who I am because the moment I tell you who I am, you might not like me anymore. And that's true. We do not reveal our true selves. We hide it because we are actually ashamed of revealing to people who we are. And, and we end up actually living like hypocrites or even just like the Pharisees because we, we, we want people to see the goodness in us. But deep within ourselves, actually, there are so many things that are just contrary to God's will. And so this is what we would be speaking about tonight in terms of introspection, of trying to see our own deeper struggles in life. There's a beautiful uh, First Nations story, which is a really a good metaphor of, of our own struggles about what it means to be good and what it means to be doing bad as well. It's, it's, it's a beautiful story that really speaks about who we really are in terms of our own struggles. So there was this young man who came to a, an older person, and um, he, he, he was talking to this older uh, wise person saying, please help me because I'm really struggling. Uh, there's, there's just a lot of struggle in my life. It's just like there are two dogs fighting inside of me, this young man said to the old man. And so the old man was thinking for a couple of minutes, and he asked the young man, so between these two dogs fighting, who wins? And the young man replied, well, the dog that I am feeding, the dog that I am feeding wins. I do believe that this is true with regards to our own lives. The desires and the things that we feed, the things that we give emphasis on, the things that we give focus are the ones that win. If we give emphasis to what is good in us, then those are the things that win. And if we, we, we give emphasis to things that are bad in us, then those are the things that win as well in our lives. And this is true. We are actually struggling as Christians. So you see, even in spite of the fact that we are Christians, we are still in the midst of struggling against sin. 
And sometimes we might be wondering, why, why is this the case, by the way? When in fact, there's, there's that assumption that the moment you become a Christian, there's no struggle anymore against sin. That we have, we are victorious against sin and, and, and we are conquerors with regards to this sin. But, but the truth is, it's totally different. How do you explain, for example, your own anger? How do you explain, for example, that moment by moment, there's that inner struggle within yourself just to fight that, that, that evil that is within you? Even just driving in 401, when <laughs> for, for people to have that tendency to curse when you are being cut off or to use a, 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 a gesture that is just offending another person, how do you explain this? How do you explain, for example, what's going on with the Church of Christ when there's just so many abuses taking place? And you have heard of the news just several days ago of Jean Vanier committing so many atrocious acts against women. How do you explain this when these are people who have been in Christ for such a long time? How do you explain so many pastors who have actually fallen from grace because of their own struggles against desires? How do you explain this? If this is true among our Christian leaders, then this would definitely be true among ourselves, among us ordinary people of Christ. And so how do we explain then the reality that in spite of the fact that we are already under Christ, we are still struggling against sin? Definitely, we have been redeemed by Christ, and that is something that is already true, something that's already given, something that we already have. But the fact is, in many cases and in everyday cases, we are always struggling against sin in our lives. And so this, is what, this would be the things that we would be reflecting on tonight, reflecting on the things of why we are still struggling with sin. Um, the Barna Institute just did a study. I, 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 sorry, it was, I think, 2014 or 2013. And the study, which is really about Christian life and Christianity, it speaks, the title is, uh, who are we as Christians? Are we like Christ or are we, are we like Pharisees? And the conclusion of that study was this, that in terms of mindset and in terms of behavior, there's really no basic difference between Christians and non-Christians. In terms of mindset, in terms of behaviors, there is really no basic difference between believers and non-believers. And so the question that we need to ask ourselves is this, where's the change then? Where's the transformation? What makes us different from non-Christians and from unbelievers? But the fact is, we have to go beyond just the aspect of what is good and what's bad in our lives. Because Christianity and being with Christ goes beyond moral issues because this is really a spiritual struggle this is not a question of morality this is a question of spirituality and when you speak of of, of spirituality it, it just goes beyond the issue of what is right or wrong it speaks about our relationship with god and that is where the difference should lie our relationship with god no matter how sinful we are no matter how we struggle with sin in our lives it is our relationship with god which is more important rather than just the issue of what is right and wrong or doing what is right or wrong in our lives and so there are just two key things that we need to remember with regards to our own victory over sin because we are victorious in terms of sin christ had already assured us that we are victorious over sin but there are just two key areas in terms of our own struggle against sin that we need to recognize, particularly in terms of our victory. First, that victory over sin is positional. 
Let me repeat that. The, our victory over sin is positional. Positional in a way that uh, uh, that position would be based and anchored on our relationship with Christ. It is positional because we, that's not our action in the first place. It is Christ's action in terms of saving us. It is positional because that is where we anchor our lives as Christians. This is what makes us different. We are different from unbelievers because of the fact that our life is anchored and positioned in the life of Christ. Victory over Christ is positional. And and, and the scriptures assure us of that already. In Romans chapter 8 verse 1, it says that there is no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's where we are. That's where we stand. And, And we need to be assured of that. That in the midst of the struggles we constantly face in our lives on a moment-by-moment basis, every day, we are in the right position because we are standing with Christ and He is standing for us. Our victory over, over sin is positional because of the fact that it was, it's anchored on the giving of Christ's life for us. Second Corinthians 5.17 tells us as well that for those who are in Christ, old things have passed away, and now all things have become new. That's something that we could count on. This is something that's, that's just, that we could celebrate. We could not question that anymore because that is the reality. Nobody could, could, could question that because that is how Christ had anchored our lives. And so, because of this, we are really assured that based on this position of Christ in our lives, then we are assured of this salvation. This is really God's act of salvation and justification of our lives, of making us right before Him. But again, the question that I would be posing, going back to that issue that I have spoken about earlier, would be this question, why are we still struggling with sin? If our lives is positioned under Christ, then why is it that on a daily basis we are still struggling with sin? Even just making simple decisions. Are we, do we have to do this? Do we have to do that? How do we respond to our relationship with other people who wrong us. These are existential issues that we, we face on a daily basis. And so why are we still struggling with sin? Why is it that it's just so difficult to be, to be a Christian even in this world right now? Actually, this is, not, this is really more pronounced than in, in Paul's statement in Romans chapter 7, verse 9. And I'd like just to focus on the text from that verse. Paul said, The good that I want to do, I could not do. But the evil that I don't want to do, I do. I I want to do good, Paul said. I want to do good, but the more that I want to do good, I could not do it anyway. But the evil that I don't want to do, these are the things that I do. Now, how is it possible for Paul to say that for someone who has been in Christ for such a long time and, and who had already experienced really that deep relation with Christ, yet at the same time, he was able to speak about his own struggles in life of being with Christ. Now, I think we need to ask ourselves this question. Is this statement before he met Christ or after he met Christ? Is this really a Christian experience? There are actually some issues with regards to this and some biblical scholars are against the, the, the prospect of saying that this is actually a Christian perspective or a Christian experience. They say that this is the kind of life when somebody has not yet met Christ. 
But for many biblical scholars, they say that this is actually a Christian experience. And to quote John Piper, he said that there are actually three key areas that speak of this verse, 17, as really a, a Christian experience of struggle. First, he said that when it comes to struggles against sin, it's not, really, it's not really in terms of the totality of life, but in terms of its occasionality. That means that in some cases, in some cases of our lives, we would be winning against sin, and in some cases as well, we would, be, we would actually be, uh, not be able to follow our own good intentions. Second, John Piper said that even if you are a Christian, even if you're a Christian, the more that the enemy would actually attack your life or actually attack your spirituality. In fact, when you come to think of it, I, I do believe that that is true. Because the, the, the experience and the celebration of Lent, which is a 40-day celebration, is actually a reflection of the time that Jesus was there in the wilderness for 40 days. A time when he was struggling with temptations and tests of his own faith. And, and the more that you are in Christ, the more that the enemy would attack you. And so this would be the reality that we need to face. That even if your life is in Christ already, then that struggle would continue because the enemy would really uh, have more attack towards your life. And third, John Piper said that the concern here is that perfection and completion of our lives is actually a promise rather than the reality right now. Yes, of course, we, have been give, we, we would not be condemned anymore, but the truth is, when it comes to completion and perfection of our lives, that we would not be able to sin, that's still a promise. That's still a long way off. And so, um, Paul says in, uh, in uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, that he who began his good work in you will complete that until the day of Christ. It is, it is a promise it would not be now. It would not be at the present, but it would be something that would be done in the, in, in the, in the future times. And so salvation doesn't mean that our struggles with sin would end. And it would lead us to the second aspect of our, our victory of sin. And that is victory over sin is progressive. First, victory over sin is positional because it is anchored in Christ. But at the same time, victory over sin is progressive. God's act of renewing us and God's act of changing our lives is a constant, gradual way of transformation. We call that progressive sanctification. And by sanctification, we mean that, that, that leading of God towards holiness for our lives. Progressive sanctification means that God's act of renewal happens on a day-by-day and moment-by-moment basis. That means it's not something that just happens overnight. Change will come as long as we remain dependent on God. Victory over sin is positional, and second, victory over sin is progressive. And God's act of changing us would happen as long as we anchor our lives on Him. I pray tonight that as we reflect on uh, the celebration of Lent, I pray that we would allow the Holy Spirit to change us that as we look forward to the time that we would be perfect and complete before Christ, then as we wait for that, we would remain with Christ. And there are just three ways that God is asking of us as we wait for that time of completion and perfection. First, the need for us to have that awareness 
awareness with regards of our own sinfulness, awareness that on a daily basis we need to have that struggle and God struggles for us. Second, we need to have that acceptance, acceptance of the reality and acceptance of the fact that regardless of our own strength, we could not win over those sin except for the power of God that is at work in us. And fourth, and third, sorry, third would be that act of reliance, that act of giving ourselves to Christ. That act when we totally prostrate ourselves before Him and allow the Holy Spirit to work. Because in the end, this is not our battle, this is God's battle in our lives. I know that many of us are still struggling, moment by moment. I do not know each one of you, but I know that each one is struggling with something whether it might be against temptations, whether it might be against ill health, whether it might just be a struggle against a certain obsession. But all of us are struggling with something. In the same manner as what the Scripture says, all of us are sinful, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that means that each one of us is struggling with some, with sinful things in our lives. And those are the things that we need to face on tonight, to reflect on that and to accept that and to recognize as well that the battle is not ours. It is God's. And so we pray that as we walk, may we walk faithfully. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.